Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something, Bronco. With Lori Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. You are watching on twitch.tv something something Broncos broadcast special broadcast uh following the 2020 NFL draft. Uh I am Jess Place joined by Tim Lynch and Lori Lattimore Volkman. Today something something Broncos does have a sponsor. We're brought to you by the little velvety scrabble bag uh full of letters uh from which all of the Denver Broncos draft picks names were pulled. Because if you you would have a harder time uh, pronouncing some of these names if you had just dumped out a Scrabble bag and just randomly pick some of them out. But that's okay because I think the Denver Broncos did pretty well. I'm really happy with the Denver Broncos draft. I'm kind of excited about it. And if there is a season, which I really hope, I think the Denver Broncos are going to look pretty stinking good. What do you guys think? Lori, what do you uh, think about the draft? 13-3, and three, baby. Here we go. Oh, my God. Until we ain't. <laughs> Hey, it's 16 and 0 for that matter. I'm excited about the draft. We got really, really good athletes, which is something we know John Elway always likes because good athletes can be coached to be good players. We also got some guys that we know really play their positions quite well. But the best thing, in my opinion, is we got really good players at some very key positions. So luckily, best player available also fit really well with team needs. Yeah, and there was a next-gen stats on on the draft. They pulled out the 
five teams that prior, prioritize their draft selections on athleticism and production throughout the draft. And the Broncos were number one at 77, uh, two spots ahead of uh, the Colts at 75. And then they had the Ravens, Titans, and Steelers all tied um, at 74. But, you know, LA went in looking for athletes uh, who produced. And I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, the first two picks, like Jerry Judy, all the we spent, what, three months talking about wide receivers basically it got to a point where none of us wanted to blog anymore because all the only thing we had to talk about was stuff we already talked about <laughs> and the only guys. thing we were talking about was henry ruggs that's all anybody seemed to mock to the broncos until like two weeks ago maybe and jerry, yeah, jerry judy's Judy, name came up once and woody page i think called that one um but you start watching his tape and he's just he's an ankle breaker I can't wait to see what he can do in the NFL. Um, you know, there's some concerns about his smaller frame, but I mean, guys can excel with smaller frames in the NFL. You look at Emmanuel Sanders, you know, another Bronco in the past, Eddie Royal did had a pretty good couple of seasons, but he's bigger than both <laughs> heavier. Um, and he's the type that can, he's a burner too. And when he gets going, he can just stop like on a dime and, guys are just falling down trying to stop with him and he just trots into the end zone you see so many big plays that he makes like that and it's just very exciting nobody thought the broncos would be in in range for one of the top two you know by number 15 we were gonna have to move up if we wanted to get judy or you know cd lamb and as it turned out elway didn't have to move anywhere he didn't have to give up any draft capital and we got arguably the best or one of the top two wide receivers in the whole class. So I think it was a steal myself. You mentioned the second round. I personally was a little surprised by it. I thought it was a little odd to spend the second pick on a wide receiver again. Thing is, we knew that by the time we got to 77, there weren't, we were out of that like depth of wide receiver. So we knew that if we were going to get another really good wide receiver and we wanted to, we had to do it at that 46 spot. And then, you know, we got really lucky, really, in, those, in the third round. We didn't even have to take Cushenberry, who many people thought we were going to take in the second round. We, didn't, we took him as our second third rounder. So Elway was a kind of a chess master, I thought, this time. Yeah, and I know when, when they picked... Uh, the cornerback out of Iowa, uh, Michael, Laurie, this is... Ojemudia. Thank you. Um, <laughs> a lot of people were like, who? And not who, but like, wow, like way early. And I know a couple of our draft guys were just floored by that and not too excited about it. And I know Scotty, once he started digging into a post he wrote, um, kind of going over why the Broncos picked him, uh, he's, he pointed out some interesting things that he he's actually a perfect scheme fit for Vic Fangio's style of uh, defense and coverage at the outside cornerback position. So while he may not have been the best, you know, talent on the board, um, he may have been the best scheme fit on the board. And maybe everybody after him would not have been a guy that Fangio would be interested in starting anytime soon so i get why they might have jumped um the gun to get him reached a little bit uh because they they do need an outside boundary corner 
after Scotty was kind of going over his film and looking at what he does, what he's good at, he grew from disappointed with the pick to excited about it. So, you know, a lot of times you just, you have to really look at how they fit with the Broncos to kind of truly analyze the pick and understand where the Broncos were coming from. I think that's a really important point. Scheme fit is far more important than getting the very best cornerback in the draft. You know I mean? Maybe the very best cornerback is a great scheme fit and maybe you can get him and that's great. But more importantly, when there's a whole bunch of cornerbacks to look at and it comes to your turn to pick, which one does your coach think is going to be the, the best one for your scheme? And it seemed to me, if you were watching the draft, the Broncos had their picks in so quickly. They already had their board set and the players they wanted were there and they went and they just called those in right away. Like they're, They let the draft come to them. But the draft came to them that they wanted too. They were never waiting around. We said that multiple times. Uh, the board just kept falling perfectly. came out la- uh, two weeks ago that Jerry Judy was possibly at the top of their board, not Henry Ruggs. So for Jerry Judy to fall to them at 15, and then for them to pick up you know, a guy who has questionable hands, everybody knows that, um, but that's something you can potentially work on. Can't work on his athletic ability. <laughs> for him to fall to two, and now you got a guy who can stress the defense um, every which way possible. Um, and you got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy on the outside. I mean, I spoke to uh, to a good friend of mine um, who is a huge Alabama fan, and I was like, "All right, so if you had your choice between Rugs or Judy, which one would you take?" And and she didn't didn't even equivocate. She was like, "Jerry Judy all the way. More rugged. He's more durable. Rugs may be fast, but." Judy is the longer term uh, projection for success. She knows her football. She's, I mean, watched a lot of Alabama victories. Bless her heart for having to suffer through all that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but is she a yeah. Patriots fan too? Nope, nope. Just oh, okay. straight up Alabama. Not, not really a big fan of uh, of the pro game. I knew that she was legit when uh, when I was talking about the fumble, and I mentioned Jeremiah Castile, and she's like, "Oh, he went to Bama." And I was like, are you kidding? Like, how did you know that? Like, so she, she is, she is very well steeped in, in uh, football culture and, and all that. So I, I definitely trust her uh, recommendation. Well, we've um, often said speed is great. It is. And it's always, clearly it's something we all pay attention to. It's the reason they run the 40. But uh, you can also sprint your ass down the field and not be able to catch the ball also. So it's not just being fast. You have to be fast in a certain way. And I, I feel like quickness is a better judge of, of really how good you are. And Tim's point about Judy's ability to stop on a dime, you know, turn and make that catch and kind of bluff with the D-back is, is as much a bigger deal as just being fast and running down the field and kind of out sprinting your, your defender. Well, well, you just summed up the problem with every Raiders draft since 1983. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Darius Hayward Bay would agree with you. <laughs> and the thing is, this uh, KJ Hamler, you know, he's he's that guy. If you get him in space on a on a quick out screen pass or whatever, if the blocking's good, he's freaking gone. <laughs> you know. And then if if they cover that and it's covered, well, you got Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Noah Fant running around out there somewhere. If, if you, Drew Locke, if you can't find somebody open in this offense, you know, you, we're, 
You might be a Denver Bronco. Okay. <laughs> no, so which brings up a good point. That's clearly where they were going. Rather than just feeling like they needed to protect him to give him time, they're getting guys who are quick and can get into their space quick because they know Drew Locke has the potential to make that decision pretty quick. You know, so we're going to we're going to roll with this O-line and try and fix it over time. But we're not going into the first round and making sure we get the best tackle because we're just getting guys that we already know Drew Locke will have potential to get to. Go into a draft saying, I need this position regardless, first round, you end up with a guy like Garrett Bowles in 2017. Right. If you go into the draft saying, look, we need a tackle, but we're not going to, we're not going to take, we're not going to deviate from our board. And you end up with three straight consecutive classes that I think you're building a winner. Maybe, I don't know if they'll win Super Bowls, but they're going to win games with these. They've completely redone the whole offense. Starting in 2018 to now, the only holdover is Garrett Bowles. You've got... Well, that's a relief. Well, <laughs> Rome, Rome wasn't rebuilt in a day, Jess. But let's list let's, let's, let's the names. we got Drew Locke. Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow, and then you got two concerns. You got Juwan James Health on the right side, and you have Garrett Bowles holding down, very strongly holding down the left tackle. <laughs> I mean, how can you not be excited about everything Elway's done in the last three years? Um, so if it takes another year to figure out the tackle situation, just be patient. Elway's Always plan is working, um, as far as I'm concerned. So let's just move forward with it. Um, you know, the, the only real concern is the defense is starting to age, you know, and Bradley Chubb's coming off his third ACL injury in his, in his lifetime, and Vaughn Miller's approaching 30. You're taking this down a very yeah, dark road, Yeah, I was just going to say. We just drafted very well, and now you're like, oh, and everyone's getting we gotta old. We got to big picture. And, 30, and Greek has you. been a trainer since 1976. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like Right now, Elway is putting together an offense that is actually quite young and going to be good for a while. And it, there are still those tackle positions to fill in, but everybody else is basically young and with a really high ceiling. So 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 you're so you're good there. And then defense, yeah, defense is getting a little older, but you still have some of the best people at their positions of those older guys and some really strong young guys. Next year will probably be a year you have to address more on defense. It's just it's the way it goes. You can't do it all at once. You just said that. You can't build I, I Roman know. a day. Well, Jess kind of interrupted me. I didn't let me finish my thought. Well, you were <laughs> bumming me out, dude. <laughs> what I was trying to get to was that on the on the flip side, the positive is Elway put a guy like Vic Fangio in charge who everywhere he's gone, he's built strong defenses. And, you know, you have to kind of trust that the guys that they got late, you know, the – the Michael O's and the McTelvin A's, um, <laughs> the, the, the Justin S's. I and I, I really like McTelvin. I think he could be kind of like a Malik Jackson type, a late round just beast. So I'm, I'm really excited about him. 
I really am hopeful that McTelvin uh, is very good for a very long time because I think his name of everybody that we drafted lends itself to nicknames. Um, and a Big Mac, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I think there's. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot that we can do with his name. <laughs> McSack. <laughs> McSack. Ooh. You got a McSack of McDelvin on your face. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is I have to trust Fangio knows what he's doing and his history would suggest that that trust is well placed. So I'm, I'm just saying the defense is aging, but at the same time, we're heading in the right direction there. Well, remember last year we were all a little bit concerned that we didn't go after a linebacker because we thought that was the key to Fangio's defense. Oh, and, Todd Davis is better than people give him credit for. And well, and those, that healthy. was my point. So as it turns out, Fangio recognized that Todd Davis was quite good for what he needed. We really? ended up with mm-hmm. some really strong guys in there who were unknown. Monte Bosby, yeah. Trusting Fangio there to kind of know what he has and know what he can get out of the people he has seen should be good enough for a little while longer because <laughs> he already proved yeah, even- us wrong. I'm just going through the names. You got, you know, Mike Purcell, uh, Alexander Johnson. All these guys just came from nowhere, and they're good. So you just got to trust that he knows what he's doing there. But at some point, you know, they're going to have to start paying attention to defense again, especially at corner. Um, A.J. Bouye is almost the same age as Chris Harris. So, you know, that cliff could be, you know, not far away either. Kareem Jackson is also 30 or 31. That too. Yeah, yep. and we lost. Will Will Parks is going to hurt because I don't think they really found anybody that's going to fill his role. And you know, he he was an underrated part of the the defense, especially against um, teams that spread things out. Because you got to you know play the dime more and get more. He played every position on that in that defensive uh, the, back yeah. room. <laughs> he played he played linebacker uh, in some formation. So yeah, that's going to be an interesting low key kind of underrated concern uh, but it's Fangio man I mean you LA couldn't have hired a better head coach to rebuild an offense around <laughs> and because the defense I, yeah. is gonna be fine and also Hopefully. I really liked when they interviewed <laughs> Fangio his approach to picking to, to helping pick the offensive players was is this guy going to be hard to defend and, and so he was totally on board with Judy and Hamler because those were not, again, not just fast, but hard to get. They're shifty. They're quick. They're, you know, they're getting lots of yards after the catch. So they're the, they're the kind of players that when Fangio looks at him, he recognizes that's a player that would be hard to defend. So that's a player I want on my team. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of to round out day, day three, you know, they went and got Drew Locke's old uh, former tight end. He's kind of a he's going to be a developmental project. How do you, how do you say his name? Albert O. <laughs> Alberto. Alberto. He's the new big They Oh, Lori is on that. Damn. I know. I practiced. <laughs> I I don't even want to try. I'll just embarrass myself. Um, but you know, he's not. No offense, a starter. But what you're looking for is you're looking for somebody who has similar skill sets to Noah Fant because you never know what's going to happen in a 16 or 17 game season. Um, and having having somebody that Drew Locke already is familiar with, you know, I like the pick. Uh, it may be a little early, but whatever. 
Picking a guy that your quarterback loves to throw to isn't a bad choice. So, okay, here's my question to you two. Who uh, should be worried? Like, you, you, you see who is drafted. Who, who might be on the outs come well, training camp? every tight end with a knee problem right now. <laughs> oh, poor Jake. But I saw him trying to sell furniture on Twitter. Is that what – is that right? He's selling his stuff. He's like, I keep hitting my knees on the, the coffee oh, table. Does someone gosh, take this away? No. Oh, is that, is that in, inappropriate? I yeah. To, it was just a bad joke. It was terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Jake. I think, I'll tell you who I really liked last offseason before he tore his ACL. Austin Ford. Um, yeah, he was, he was lighting things up. I was like, this guy's good. And then he gets injured, and then, you know, it's unfortunate, but – He's. I wouldn't count him out because he's uh, practice squad eligible. Very clear is th- is that Pat Shermer values tight ends. Like it's not as very much clear. as the Bears, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh well, my they, gosh. They, they have they don't have double digit tight ends, but they're they're <laughs> close. Um, and and that's that's kind of refreshing because we've kind of you know, we've had trouble with with the tight end. We haven't been utilizing the tight ends. Which because you know, half got, the time oh, they haven't been. Year healthy enough to utilize too and they I'm weren't still waiting good for Virgil to Green to get in, in involved in the passing game like Virgil <laughs> Green this might be his year <laughs> of all the the like rando tight ends I think Hireman is probably the safest but also in you, danger you know, yeah 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 it's kind of like he has to really flash he was the most reliable tight end you know he had some injury issues early in his career but he's been pretty steady the last couple it's going to be him and Vinette and Austin Fort beyond fan. Um, and then Okuwabanam. Okuwabanam. You just, you're just saying that just because you can't. I know. I just want to say Okuwabanam. 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 <laughs> See, look, you guys are saying it now, too. You just got to yeah. say it a few guys, times. You guys, you mean you jest. <laughs> Okuwabanam. <laughs> Okuwabanam. Okuwabanam. See, I but told you, you I wasn't going to do this live. You don't live. pronounce every letter. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. No, yeah, no, it's well. And if if you're not going to pronounce every every letter, what about the linebacker out of Wake Forest, Justin, Justin Strand? Strand. See, but that's there's that's a, like I a would like Brett Favre kind of name. I would like to buy a vowel, please. <laughs> Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So let's let's shift from the tight end room and we'll go to the wide receiver room. Who on the wide receiver front is going to be on the outside looking in? Um, anybody not named. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. Yeah. So we'll have like four or five guys competing for two more spots. You know, they'll have a lot of. They'll have I a, think they're going to. How many did we carry six. last year? We'll carry at least five. 
I think Pat Shermer historically has always kept six. So, you know, that leaves room for, I think, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick, uh, I think, will stay. Um, ha- Hamilton. Uh, you think? Well, can we have two Penn State wide receivers uh, at the same time? I think having a guy that can be depth is important for a similar role. Um, so I think he would be safe, and I think they're going to want somebody who can be a returner. Whether that's Ty Tyrell Cleveland, the seventh round pick out of Florida, Tyree, um, Ty T Y R L E. Maybe we have a typo. We are looking at typo. But we don't know with this draft class. That's what's so amazing about it. it no <laughs> Thank God. It's, you know, Tyree's easier to say than, than T-R-I-L-E. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was butchered. I would like, can we review Justin Strand's name just to make sure there's not a, a missing letter? No, there's not. <laughs> It'll be the guys who, who are the most reliable through training camp. You know, catching the well, ball. and Picture... And knowing well, the that's offense, the thing. too. Juwan Rinfrey. You know, they the wide receiver coach apparently pounded the table for him last year. Is he safe this year? I, I'm not so sure about that. No, I mean, they, he's not. But just because he pounded the table for him last year, that was because he really liked him. He thought he had mm-hmm. potential. And we didn't have quite the depth that we do. Or, well, um, we kind of did. But. Are you forgetting that he caught the game-winning touchdown in the Hall of Fame game uh, <laughs> last year? With, with all of our backups <laughs> i'll tell you uh, i will say one thing on day three the one player that has me most intrigued and and mostly when i picture picture this formation it's a goal your first you know third and goal whatever second goal at the two or three yard line you need a sixth offensive lineman and you got melvin gordon in the backfield and the sixth offensive lineman that comes in is natine glory Muti? Pronunciation expert. <laughs> we didn't Is decide. M- we didn't know. Muti or Mutai? Tain. Anyway, he did 44 <laughs> reps at 225 at the combine, most since 2012. I don't even. I weigh 180. He could probably bench me a hundred times and not <laughs> even be a little bit tired. You put him as the sixth offensive lineman in there. Enough of you not score. <laughs> Hey, I'm all about scoring, <laughs> scoring touchdowns. You just let him push guys out of the way and Melvin Gordon trots right in. I mean, I'm seeing that a lot, especially in the goal line situations. He could be a huge impact in year one. <laughs> no um, pun intended. That's the guy I'm most excited about uh, in, on day two. Day three. Day three, right. You know, I've had one too many glasses of wine, apparently. <laughs> no, it's, it's, good. it's good for you. I'm on my first. but on lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about the guy from North Dakota State? You can never have too many tweeted. edge rushers. Yeah. Shout out to you, Christopher Hart. Good job. Yeah. yeah. He tweeted late in the seventh round saying, look for the Broncos to check out Derek Tezuka from North Dakota State. And then they draft him. I'm like, this guy... He called out two. Who who was yeah. the other? He also got out? Cleveland, I think. But I mean, anybody in the late round, you're just you're just hoping that they're there's something. So, you know, Justin Strand. Just remember, Danny Trevathan was a late round pick, and he's had a fine career in the NFL. So you just you you just hope for that situation. A Malik Jackson, a Danny Trevathan, somebody's going to come in and actually earn a starting role at some point and be a, a big time producer. And Vic Fangio kind of knows his stuff so hopefully that plays pays dividends down the road the broncos <laughs> are great at finding on finding undrafted gems so 
seven players that have been reported uh, signed by the Broncos. I think the biggest name on that list that you might want to remember is another one that I'm going to try to pronounce here. A Sang Bassey, a cornerback out of Wake Forest. He looks like a guy that could play uh, inside, maybe Bryce Callahan's position if he can't play again this year. <laughs> no, he's coming back. He's, it's going to happen. I, I hope so. Yeah. We need him. But he's going to get healthy. It's going to be amazing. Tackle 6'8", 325 out of Central Arkansas. Um, with Mike Munchak involved in that, um, that's that's a name we might want to remember a couple years down the road. I was telling my wife, she's like, oh, how's Vanderbilt doing? I'm like, Vanderbilt's not drafting anybody. And yet, yeah, I'm just joking <laughs> around with her. And then and then at the end, I was like, oh, we, gotta, we just signed a quarterback from, <laughs> from Vanderbilt. So uh, we got a, we got our camp arm there. Um, to compete with Brett Rippon. Yeah. We got, we got a Manning brother. We did? Zamari Manning. Yeah. He's a wide receiver oh, out of Tarleton Tar- State. Hey, he followed MHR today. So Did he's he? already one of my he's already a fan favorite for me. Okay. Right. <laughs> I I wasn't aware that Tarleton was a state, but you know, that's a good point. <laughs> I want to find out where is Tarleton State. Apparently it's a state inside of Texas. So moment of Texas. silence for Tarleton State. Good job, yeah. guys. History question should be what their mascot is. Does anyone know? Yeah, right? Like or or um I'm gonna say the Tigers. Tarleton State Tigers sounds like a good one. <laughs> right? I didn't uh, Google that beforehand, so I'm trying to find right, it out well, right let's now. Let's find out what it is. I mean, we we owe it to the and uh, and Lori. It's you can the sing Texan writer. Of course, I know. So you knew that. That's that's. There's no way you guessed that. <laughs> no, I totally no. I just googled it. <laughs> of course, I didn't guess that. Who knows? How could how could you guess that? That's I not, don't know. I'm just because I don't even know what a Texan writer is. Like, come on now. I just picture Chuck Norris riding a horse. It's, you know, that's all I need to know. <laughs> that's probably what it is. I'm sure it is. Oh, rider like horse rider. I thought you meant like rider like uh, Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> are you looking at that this makes sense. Texans are known for They're their literary writing. words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good one. Good one, Jess. Oh, Texans, I tell you. Are we not? Are we not done? Go ahead. What say, are we going to talk about? The, just the TV broadcast of the draft. It was it was better than I thought it would be, but it definitely provided some hilarious moments of watching these people at home and watching the network. We should talk about this. Oh, we should. Yes. I have one thing to say. Go ahead. I thought about this earlier this morning, but the whole internet exploded when Bill Belichick's dog made the second round pick for yeah. them. They cut to the room, and, and he's, his dog is sitting on the chair, staring at his computer screen. <laughs> that was good. And that I was, was just smart thinking, Belichick. It was smart, but it also point. It also proves that maybe his dog has made all of the selections because the Patriots <laughs> have only drafted three Pro Bowlers in the last ten years. That's and their patsy for all their videotaping scandals. Which, by the way, they still have one that has yet to be adjudicated. Like, it's I, I, why hasn't why haven't we? Found out what three, they're going to get in trouble. Three pro, pro bowlers, but six championships? Like, come on. You're not going to win it's that Tom argument. Brady, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Tom Brady. He doesn't have Brady anymore. I can't wait for the Patriots to be 4-12 and 12 every year. And for I honestly can't wait for Tom Brady to suck and the Bucks to suck and Patriots to still be fine. His, and we can prove that it's Belichick instead of Brady. Uh, no, no, no. Have them both fail. So then they realize we should have stayed together. Yeah. But you didn't. Well, 
It, it, you know, the Beatles broke up and they were never as good as the, the sum of their parts. Exactly. So, you know, I want Tom Brady's last pass to be a pick six. And I want Bill Belichick to be fired after three, four and 12, two and 14 and one, one and 15 seasons. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's put the Patriot hater right away. And let's just say, okay. So, so Lori, aside from the Bill Belichick, uh, dog thing, which I, I somehow missed that. I think that's hilarious. Um, what is your highlight from the draft? Oh, for sure, Mike Vrabel. I mean, that was unbelievable. That <laughs> was, he's was like odd. spit, right? He spit like a giant wad. Of, he's, yeah, uh, he spits into his cup, and then he's got his two, two of his kids flanking about- him, staring ahead, <laughs> not looking at the camera, not noticing that. And what one of them's one in the, the background pooping no pooping. well just the way he was sitting and leaning over looking at his phone and he had really of, short shorts on <laughs> yeah 18 year old in a frozone costume <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. there was also like adam gase completely ignoring his kids his kids are like yeah and he's just like i don't want i don't need well adam gase man i know what I, an well, awkward person in general yeah no, who was it that was like they cut to him and then he had like his hands wrapped around like his kid's neck and then it like froze and it was like really like super like it was like like a hostage video. <laughs> Did you see that? I, I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. Did you see Bill O'Brien? Oh yeah, Bill O'Brien. Nuclear. They read his lips because it obviously didn't show the sound, but it was right after a trade <laughs> through and they drafted some reach, and he said. You effing column, it's your effing pick, and he's just screaming at somebody off camera, and it's just like this guy's insane. And his son is and just his son like, is right there, and he's like, all I, the time. I don't even care. And <laughs> he he has a son, a special needs son, who may not have been in that picture, but was in the picture that the day before, which I thought was very sweet that he had him there and he had a sign that said thanks to our first responders. I like had a much better view of Bill O'Brien until the next day when you show the meltdown. <laughs> Just like freaking out, yeah. And then, of course, you know, Cliff, Cliff King, guy, oh, Kingsbury yeah, from Arizona, who's looking like a, you know, an ad from some upscale. Jerry Jones is on his yacht. Like, for, yeah. For me, it would be quarantine single, quarantine with kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was perfect. It was a good. I, I they had one of those with uh, Roger Goodell too. There were like a series of four images. Yeah. It was like day zero, day ten, day twenty, <laughs> round one, and then by the end he's round seven. Just he's like curled up <laughs> in his chair. Like I mean, yeah. I, to be honest, that chair. Looked I mean, I'm comfortable. I would probably all, be in the chair too. Overall, I thought they did a pretty good job of making it a decent broadcast when you have to have everybody by themselves all around the country. I did think. They needed to work on the whole cele- showing the celebration at the home of the athletes because it was always delayed. And some of those families, you know, they're like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they cut, they cut to one family and like, like they're, they're letting the dog in. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely was another draft moment. I, can't remember. I thought it was a fun draft. I mean, it was a little awkward having Roger Goodell. Uh, it's just like talking to his TV. Like, come in, everybody. Like, come in. You're not going to boo me. Like, that was a little weird. And, and then also when they couldn't get enough fans to populate the the. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, but that was awesome. Logo. You're talking about yeah, the Chargers. The Chargers. Oh. <laughs> and it happened with the Chiefs too. I noticed that as well. So you know, Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Excuse me. 
Um, we don't have to refer to them as. I actually no. thought Goodell came off as human, which I did too. His image, I thought he did so. a good job. Yeah, helped his image a little bit. Uh, still boom next year. But that was, I mean, that was kind of the cool part was like, that was part of the whole thing. The more you booed, the more money they raised for the draft-a-thon. So it was, they built it in and made it, you know, part of the thing. And he played along. I thought it was great. That reminds me too. Von Miller's video was so funny. Oh, he funny. sounded so bad, but he was so excited too. I know. I didn't know. It's funny. I didn't notice that he sounded bad. He just sounded like he was screaming, but I was kind of laughing because he has the mask on. I'm like... You're at your, hopefully you're by yourself. You don't really need the mask right now. You needed it like three weeks he ago. He probably wasn't alone. <laughs> probably right. Right. I'm sure he wasn't. And, you know, I, I compared to the screaming from Bradley Chubb being drafted, and he was definitely sounded like shit. So. Yeah, that's true. That's All it, right. guys. Now you can close the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will, Well, no, I'm glad you brought it up because th there were so many weird moments. And, and when I find out who that was <laughs> – um anyways i think we're done are we done is that it we're should we done. have a mystery question yeah we could do i just asked question. the mystery question you guys failed i had to answer it myself mm. oh wow mm. all right well i'll do one then what's the mascot <laughs> for western michigan levante bellamy is a new running back in in denver so um western michigan the pistons <laughs> The, it's got to be like the Western Michigan Wildcats. Wolves. Oh, I was going to be close. Oh, I no, said, I was I was guessing. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm Googling right now. We're, we're just not going to Google it. Ooh, and, it's no. Buster Bronco. Buster oh, appears to be an animal of some sort. Um, a horse? I'm maybe horse? a cat. <laughs> I mean, if that's a horse, I guess it is a horse. Oh, it's a like, moose. Oh, it's a moose. Okay, I'm sorry. Is it really a moose? Definitely a horse. So that's their version. That's their mascot is a horse. Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess it is. I, I like Western Michigan now. I'm a fan. Okay. All right. Bellamy's going to make the they, roster. What, what conference? He will, he will make the roster. Is that, uh, is that SEC? Uh, no. Western Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, they let Vanderbilt in. You know, you never know. That's true. That's true. It's going down. All right. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up here. This is this has been a terrific uh, post uh, 2020 draft uh, pandemic edition. Um, I'm really happy with the draft, guys. I really think we did well. You have been uh, watching and listening to Something Something Broncos with Tim Lynch and Lori Latimer Volkman. We are all contributors to MileHighReport.com. We are your one-stop shop for news information. Stats and draft information and um, name pronunciations. Name pronunciation, because clearly we have it down. And if you, oh, are, <laughs> and if you are looking beep, beep. Uh, to find out, <laughs> if you are looking to find out uh, which undrafted free agents the Denver Broncos have, found, we are a destination for that as well. Uh, local uh, Denver media included. A correction on the reporting of the foul. Both teams were on the both up. Both fouls were on the kicking team. Where did you get the pronunciation guide? Oh, she can't hear me still.
Where did you get the pronunciation guide? I mean, I wrote it down. For, I don't have a guide, just for the one guy. Do you guys, have you heard them say? Um, oh, it's Okwabinom. You can't have me say, yeah, you can't have me say anybody's name. Okwabinom. I, I, I can barely say my own name without murdering it. So. <laughs> Anyone say it enough to hear Okwabinom or Okwabinom? I wasn't watching. We're TV. not going to get these right, so let's just go with it. Like <laughs> Albert Okuwabinom. Oh, it's Okuwabinom. A O K O K W U E G B U N A M. Yeah. Literally the hardest name I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Okay, it's so here's the here's, here's my tweet. Okuwabinom. Okuwabinom. Albert O is what I'm going to say. What's, is it Mutai? Mutai? I thought it was Muti. Muti? <laughs> okay, that's wrong, obviously. Lori's no, I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I have I no idea. I haven't heard that one. Ojemudia, right? Ojemudia. I think it's Ojemudia. Because yeah. I, I remember it was, yeah, it's like Moody A. Really? Like, like, the, like the Nugget player. Because I remember like it was French. like Moody A. Is it Ajim or Agim? Ajim. Ajim. Is it really? I think we. I think we're losing Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Jess's kids have to get off YouTube. His facial expressions are killing me. <laughs> did anybody look that up before the show? I did. I. You know me and my show prep. It's very extensive. So. <laughs> so no. <laughs> Uh, so my friend texted me and he says, is Lori single? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see my last name? It's hyphenated. How, how are you single? <laughs> right. Okay, right. guys. Well, <laughs> you guys stay safe, okay? No, yeah. no COVID. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Talk to you later. And scene. <laughs> you said that a little early. You've been listening to Something Something Broncos, a feature of MileHighReport.com with Lori Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com.